At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. WOMMLP operating out of Billington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening. It's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Antara. Hello. Hello. Nice to have you in the studio. It's so good to be here. Uh, we always like kicking off with a song, so would you like to introduce it and uh, take that first one away? Absolutely. This first song's called Bumper Sticker, and uh, it's paying homage to trying to live up to some of the bumper stickers I see and some of the bumper stickers I had on my old car.
And Tara there with Bumper Sticker. So, yeah, once again, thanks for coming in. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name's Antara. Um, anything beyond that? Just uh, Antara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I dig the single name. Very okay. memorable. Um, and who have you got with you, Antara? I'm Chris Cheney on the bass. Yes. Not Cheney. 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 Not yes. to be confused with the guy that shoots people in the face during a hunting trip. <laughs> that guy. If only that was the worst of his crimes. <laughs> Agreed, sir. Agreed. Um, so how long have you two been performing together? Since college. Off and on since 2001, I want to say. Yeah. We had a six-year gap, but since 01, we've been... We were mentally there. Evil though. twins. Yeah. I love it. One brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you, uh, you've been working for over 20 years in, in the music industry, putting out songs. Uh, I believe I counted four albums of work, is that correct? Yeah, a um, couple of compilation-y things, uh, like side projects, um, and then three solo albums, and um, yeah, things like that. Wow. Yeah. What's your, what's your key to the longevity? Um... I think that we really love playing music and to the point where we quarantined together and we were like, if I go down, you go down. Likewise, we're going to keep practicing. We're practicing every week, no matter what. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that. Very, very captain's mentality there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you describe yourself on in your bio as a new folk artist. So what to you is a new folk artist as opposed to a, I assume, an old folk artist? Ah, uh, yes. Um... That was a kitschy term a while ago, um, and it's it sort of evolved. It's like new folk is like influenced by alternative music, whereas like old folk is like influenced by when a body meets a body coming through the rye. You know, like like all those old traditional folk musics. It's like I grew up listening to. Uh, alternative rock and punk rock music, and I grab my guitar, I open my mouth, and folk music comes out. So what do you call that? Is it indie rock? Is it new folk? Is it folk? And I've just been stuffed in all of those categories. In too many pigeonholes. Um, why, do, why do you feel that the like in your soul, then, is folk, as opposed to punk rock or indie? Why, why is it that when you sit down and write that this folk music comes out? Because it's um, pretty much uh, songwriting from from human observation and, and living life, and it's about folks. And and when folks step out, the music comes alive. And to me, it's it's rooted in in the foundation of of the community, um, as opposed to just kicking out jams and making albums and things like that. So to me, having the folk connection is really all about community. And, and while talking of community, you, you kind of grew up in, you did grow up in Cincinnati. I totally grew up <laughs> yeah, in Cincinnati. Not kind of, absolutely, bonafide, <laughs> uh, Cincinnatian. Um, and uh, what was the journey that brought you to Vermont? Was it, was it just Cincinnati and then... And then Vermont, or have you been have you been through other communities on the way? I have been through other communities along the way, and uh, all of those journeys that I've been on have been because of love. So uh, 
music came along with me, you know, the guitar travels, but um, I think uh, uh, the reason for the moves have all been love. Where else have you, where else have you lived? Where else have you called your community? I'm on this creaky floorboard here and it's really distracting. <laughs> um, I have lived in Keene, New Hampshire, and I have lived in Northampton, Massachusetts, and I've briefly lived um, little pockets of time in Toronto. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is there any kind of single vein, apart from love, of course, there's, is that you felt in each of those communities? Um, and yeah, uh, uh, what about Vermont makes it unique for you? Mm. Well, again, I moved here because of love. <laughs> um, but Vermont is unique because um, on some level, I blend in here. <laughs> um, I, I was such an odd duck in uh, my little hometown. Um, and so it feels good to end up in a community of people who feel like, um, you know, like the, uh, the ideals, the, the, you know, farm shares and the, the grocery stores and the, the, the vibe of the city just feels more like me. Um, but I, I do have strong roots to Cincinnati and strong roots to Keene, New Hampshire. Um, because I met this guy in Keene. So we went to Keene State College together. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you, anything more to say on that? She said it well. We both come from different places, but... Uh, yeah, I, I love Burlington as well. I, we both ended up moving up here from New Hampshire at about the same time because we were coming up here to play gigs uh, at the uh, the late 135 Pearl, and we played at Radio Bean, which is still, you know, doing it. Lee is still killing it over there. Yeah, we just loved it up here. We came up here to play. We're like, man, this is where it's at. This is the right the right vibe as as friends and musicians. And we had a, a, another friend up here that we were playing with, our buddy Nebulae. So we already had musical roots being planted yeah, similar, similar thing. I just felt at home when I, whenever I would come into Burlington after being away. I lived out in the Northwest for six years and came back. And whenever I come back to visit, my heart just filled up like, this is home to me. Even though I was you know, born and raised in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, it's just f always felt right. Burlington always felt right for me. Uh, in terms of collaboration, I often hear that Vermont and Burlington especially is uh, is a fantastic place for artists to collaborate. I know you've played with a fair few people. Is is there anyone in this town that you'd like to give a shout out to or anyone that you really like working with around here? Absolutely. Um, we would give a shout out to the Hedwig crew. Uh, we were in the Hedwig and the Angry Inch local production. Um, we were the freaks in the band. Mm -hmm. And um, so we'd give a shout out to uh, Robert Toms. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, he put it all together. Yeah. He's the man with the plan on that one. Nathan Jarvis and Sean Lipinski. Adam and Wood. Yeah, Adam Wood. And Johnny Chris Day. <laughs> Johnny Day and Chris Johnston. Yeah, so. Quite a crew. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I also noticed when you're buying it, it might be a bit out of date now, but you've performed in over 500 venues across the country, uh, which is a lot. Uh, yeah. Obviously, a few up in Canada as well. Uh, what are some of your more memorable ones? <laughs> there have been a lot. Yeah, there's been shows where we've like played to a ton of people, and there's been shows where we've played to like a sound guy. So, um, memorable. Uh, 
It's like when you ask that question, they all leave <laughs> your brain. Um, we definitely had some amazing runs of shows in Montreal at Theatre National yeah. with Hedwig. Mm-hmm. And Toronto, the, the big Pride festivals come to mind. It's just a yeah. talk about community coming together. That's something to see. Just everyone Thousands out in people. droves, yeah. families. And just you look out and there's just a sea of people down the street as far as it could go. And uh, everyone just coming together and like, you know, love getting together. Yeah. You know? And then, like, people enjoying our music to the point of wanting to get to know us. So then we have friends and little satellite uh, locations. So we gigged so that we can go visit them and have dinner. And <laughs> so it's like, oh, Liz in Buffalo and, um, you know, uh, some other folks in Chicago. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we try to, like, uh, it really centered around the people, like, just trying to um, bring the music to the community and and surround ourselves with people who really enjoyed what we were doing. Yeah. Um, well, we'd love to have another song. So what have you got for us? Yeah. Well, this song sort of speaks to uh, that very point of sometimes we play to thousands of people and sometimes we play to the sound guy. And um, nobody wants to be a complete zero in life and everybody is striving to be number one and the only bummer is that it leaves very little room in between for everybody else so um this song's called just a fraction
Tara with just a fraction. Um, so you're pretty prolific when it comes to songs. I read that you've got uh, over 75 recorded. Or is that is that right? Or 75 written? Probably more than probably that more. by now. Yeah, COVID really helped us write some <laughs> new stuff. And we're actually working on another album. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'd love to get to that just uh, uh, in, a, in just a moment. Well, yeah, let's just talk about COVID for a second, because you mentioned before how you two kind of locked yourself away and, um, <laughs> and, and kind of decided to quarantine together. So how's, how's COVID affected you as a songwriter? And also, how's it affected you as a, as a touring band? Because obviously, uh, you're a big fan of performing your own songs and getting in front of crowds, however big and small. So how's this been affecting you as a band? We're starved. <laughs> we want to play. <laughs> yeah. We want to play music. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me a little bit more about this kind of locking yourself away and uh, and and what this experience has been like for you. It's been maddening at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then that always makes for good songwriting. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I think, well, it, it obviously with everything going on around you, with sometimes you feel like the world's on fire, I think that kind of evokes certain urgency in you to want to create. I know that I've had time to like, if we aren't practicing and what, and I'm not working on other music projects I have, my, I've built this massive practice binder and my head has been in a chord book. Right? Every chance I get, I'm just trying to study and learn more, on, and which makes me want to write more with my friends that I jam riffs with, you know? And he brings over little riffs and ditties and I'm like, ooh, that is a nugget. And then I'll take the nugget and then I do my COVID mile walk through the community, looking like I'm talking to myself, writing songs and parts and things like that. And then I'm like, dude, <laughs> remember that bit that we recorded? <laughs> Thank goodness we recorded it because, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a song. <laughs> and the backup part and the snare drum part and the. <laughs> so um, it's been fun to, um, to just uh, create and. Um, experiment and i think we also nerded out with pedals we, we purchased a lot of pedals. nerded for those listening Nerd. rather <laughs> for those listening rather than watching there is a a, a veritable smorgasbord of pedals yeah. uh, in front of chris at least <laughs> yeah our goal was to have this donut shaped pedal board around us and then just make some noise right <laughs> i do not have a problem i do not have any more than this i swear <laughs> swear <laughs> I'm actually two over, and I have to up my game. <laughs> you, so. need get, you need to get a bigger board. Chris over there is showing you up. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> totally. It's not fun to lift, but once you plug it in, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, That's we what's up. We were talking about loading in today and how light it was in comparison to when we used to haul our gear down Church Street. And it was we would bring all the equipment and just... <laughs> have fun and be loud and and super technical uh, because we could um and so it seems like both of you kind of use music in your songwriting or use kind of your you, you creativity of like creating new licks and 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 little tidbits to kind of process the world around you it's um, therapy, really. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's the, that's an excellent way to put it. That's the best way to put well, it. Well, when really. we're both like where we've had a day we look at each other and we're like let's just kick out the jams tonight mm -hmm. because we need to 
bang on our guitars yeah. and sing loudly. And Feel the air moving through the amps and just... Yeah. yeah. So my loud. neighbors describe our noise as a one on the Likert scale out of ten. <laughs> so this is good. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you've got uh, friendly neighbors who appreciate you... Uh, Working through some things. Yeah, we have uh, a direct neighbor who goes out on the back deck, cracks a beer, and is like, yeah! <laughs> so. <laughs> That's exactly the sort of neighbors you want. Yes. You're, you're, you're number one fans. Um, and um, in, terms of, in terms of playing live, in terms of being able to get in front of people, um, how is, how's that been working out for you in COVID? What, have you found any ways to kind of get around not being able to play in bars or whatever? Have you managed to find some bars that will take you? Right now, we just kind of lay low. Um, mm. When I saw uh, the radio show uh, YouTube, I was like, oh, that's something we could do. Um, and I've been playing concerts solo outside, like standing in a field, being by a pool. Um, and everybody has their own sort of COVID rules around what that should look like as far as how far away to be. And so what's cool about that is cranking up the amps and it's like nobody ever tells me to turn up my amp. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. <laughs> so um, yeah, putting putting the sound equipment to the test and, and definitely um, just pushing air out into a field and it's been breezy and I've worn sunblock and I've had some pretty crazy photos of me this you know like like maybe two inches you know compared to this massive tree behind me <laughs> so or being around a pool that was strange yeah slightly dangerous if uh, any, of this, uh, <laughs> any of this equipment kind mm -hmm. of falls in yeah, but very cool, and it was like a really excellent way to have live music. Yeah, for very sure. Very crafty. I love, I love this, and hopefully after COVID, we'll take a few of these kind of key nuggets that actually did work and were fun, and expand on them. And it will be interesting to see where music goes, especially live music goes after all of this. For sure. Um, so you, you're kind of an international musician. You've, you've got music playing in apparently Spain and France, Australia, Canada. Uh, how do you get yourself on the international airwaves? Um, well, uh, digital distribution. Um, and that was back when uh, CD Baby was really thriving and, and they did a lot for artists to get digital distribution happening. And um, it's always interesting to see where the music is going um, and who's who's enjoying it and to have people find me on social media and be like hey I love your music but I know you'll never make it out you know to France or <laughs> to Australia to play and I was like someday <laughs> <laughs> someday maybe <laughs> so um, unfortunately not any day soon <laughs> yeah. at the moment but um, hopefully at some point do you know what have they ever kind of got, got in touch with you and, tell, and, and said what kind of resonates um, with them, with your music, or how they found you, at least. Mm. I mean, CD Baby, of course, but I mean, I feel like you must be looking s pretty specifically to be able to find, you know, folk singer in, in Vermont. Right. I've had people say, you need cliff notes to hang with my lyrics, because um, they're so people-specific. 
Um, and so I, some people like um, the sound that we have, and some people like the lyrics. Some people like the connections that we've made along the way. Um, and, and all of it, I've had people say, oh, your uh, music, your recordings put my children to sleep. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, that's Thanks, cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, uh, whether it's um, lulling children to sleep um, or uh, just people who are into eclectic lyrics and maybe non-traditional folk music. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that you've got another album on the way. Yes. So hey, let me hear about this. What's What's been going on there? And how long has it been in the make? How far are you at with this? Well, uh, COVID came with its uh, sledgehammer and put the brakes a little bit on it. Um, we are so wanting to make it happen. Um, we have... Uh, the name selected and album art created and um, we have our songs and at this point it's just um, getting into the studio and tracking and um, collaborating with some musicians and backing vocalists and uh, auxiliary folks to try to uh, create the sound that we want to have do you want to add to that? Mm. <laughs> I think you I think you said it very well. Yeah, it's pretty much with it. What everyone's a lot of musicians have been facing unless you have a studio in your basement and you're an engineer and you can just bust out tracks, you have to be able to get together and <coughs> record from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that definitely put the brakes on, but we've been still we try to stop writing, but we've got a few more a couple more in the can we're going, "Ooh, okay, so we're thinking about track order, but yeah, we've we've got it honed down, and yeah, it's just a matter of getting the other people on board that we want to do as far as drums and various other sounds, you know, maybe some little programming here, keyboards there, and other what other kind of yeah vocal arrangements are in your brain, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Well, and Chris brought me a little bit that I was referring to earlier, and we've been having so much fun playing that one um, and trying to get it. Uh, ready for the album. Um, it's still in the lab being, you know, worked on. But uh, we're really excited about that one. And we're like, what must be bumped <laughs> in order, you know, to have this um, new song sort of come in? Because we're, we're really excited about that one. But right. Uh, I, I, I feel it must be real difficult to, like, even start thinking of new songs right now, just in case you then you have to rearranged again and it's um yeah i can imagine after having this all so perfectly curated mm -hmm. making the decision to act something must be really difficult well the last time we made an album we had a bunch of new songs and i was like wait just one more <laughs> and uh chris and this other guy named chris were like easy you know we've got a nice solid album let's have that go on the next album. I was yeah. constantly harping on, like, no more than 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't right. care if you can put 70 on a CD. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to listen that long. Keep it short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, like, old-fashioned album guy over here, like, you know. No, it totally makes sense, though. I mean, like, um, I feel like albums should be enjoyed in, it should be able to be enjoyed in, a, in about an hour. Otherwise, you know, it starts becoming 
a concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts feeling like you're reading the Iliad or something, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Um, sometimes it's cool. Yeah, you I mean, know, but if, if you can hold them, if, if you, you know? can get away with it, I mean, if you've got if you've got like a masterpiece in you, then you know, go for it. But um, you've you've recorded a lot over your twenty years. Um, I I often speak to new bands and bands that just formed or just got in the uh, the studio for the first time, and um, they always come away with like, oh, you learned a thousand lessons from from making this first album, making this first record. Uh, after recording, I mean, a lot at this point. What when you go back into the studio again? What are you? What 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 is it that you're creating that's that's new? It's different, and and what is it that you're like? Ah, oh, this is what I'm great at. I'm going to keep that exactly the same. Hmm. I would say, um, really listening to your sound engineer, who's mastering the album. If they're like, you know, the audible difference is three dB and. I think that we should reduce this by 3 dB, like really listening <laughs> to those tidbits and, and, and reducing volume if, if that's a suggested thing. Like there was this part I was really stoked about um, on all the strays and I was like, no, I want it louder. And like I regretfully did not take that advice and that bit that I can hear is too loud, and it it would have been beautiful had had we made those adjustments. So really listening to the sound guy's advice, sound gal, sound person's advice, and um, and also um, I would say we've been wanting to express ourselves with more noises, a, a little bit of a move from a traditional acoustic guitar sound um, and, and get a little bit more alternative with our sound um, just because that's within us and and we want to let that out. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be the new concept on this, this upcoming album, which is why you need to get all these other musicians to come mm -hmm. together for it. Well, I mean, we're the foundation. Yeah, it's it more, I, I think us as a, because usually it's just the two of us. I think exploring the sounds that would come out of us. So mm -hmm. anything that's extra would be say, okay, neither of us played the drums, so we have someone do that. But <coughs> as far as sounds between all of our gizmos and gadgets and our love of you know legends like Brian Eno or you know in my case you know crazy bass players like Doug Wimbish, like making sounds, making it sound like yeah, that's a bass or that's a guitar, but it can do so much more. And it's not a new concept by any means. People have been doing it for ages but yeah. we've always wanted to evoke that and just naturally it's coming out more and more which is really exciting you know yeah just sort of a nod to our roots um mm. rather yeah. than trying to i don't know fit into what people think would be singer songwriter folk duo yeah. kind of thing yeah for yeah. sure um i love that um well it's about all we've got time for, but we do would like to finish with a for the last song. Okay. Um, but before you before you get going with that, is is there anything we should be looking out for? Where can we find your music? Obviously, you've got this new album coming out. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, what's what's got upcoming up and coming for you that you would love people to kind of pay attention to? Um, I'm not up on social media just because it feels uh, poisonous these days. Um, 
So I've purposefully been taking more and more space from that. Um, but I am trying to stay true to one source, which is my Facebook page, which is where my people tend to be. Um, I think I have an Instagram account, but I can't remember <laughs> anything about it, um, which is hilarious and beautiful at the same time. And uh, so Antara is my um, Facebook page, and that's where you can find out what Chris and I are doing. And um, we, we are standing on the edge of the pool of leaping into another recording. And as soon as things lift and get a little bit more user-friendly in this world um, and people feel comfortable and safe again, we will make that album. And it, it's, it's here. It, it just needs to manifest in the physical form. Awesome. Well, we really look forward to for listening to it, and please come back in again when uh, when you got that out. We'd love to we'd love to promote it for you. Absolutely. Um, so you. yeah, one last song. What have you got for us? Um, this song uh, was a contender for. This was the one of the yeah. This was the one where you're like, I got this. We're like, no, no, we're done. And then <laughs> yeah, this this one was the contender for the last album, and it was like, no, 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 wait, we're done. <laughs> and so. Um, this song I wrote uh, while walking down Church Street, and it really speaks to a lot of what's what's happening these days. Um, it speaks to a united pain, and uh, when we can sort of manifest this present moment, like right now, this guitar, this friend, this song, this is what we have control over right now. Um, this is where we find our happiness. Um, and when we can put forth that happiness and and see beyond the things that are devastating and making us so sad, um, we will indeed be enlightened and quite blissful. So um, this song uh, is called Rains and Mazes. And I did write this song, Cruising Down Church Street in the Pouring Rain. So. <laughs> He can attest to that because <laughs> I showed up at the door <laughs> and I was soaking wet and I was mumbling the lyrics and you were like, oh my God. So, yeah, um, sometimes music comes in the form of insanity <laughs> because times are insane. So, Rains and Mazes, sending this out to the community. Let's have a little volume. Sadness of a united 
Tara there playing us out with Rain to Mazes. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you, Thank for, you. Having Thanks us. for having us. Really this was awesome. Oh, not a problem. And again, come back in again once the album's been released. Yes. Uh, so tune in next week. We're going to have Todd Moses coming into the studio to uh, talk about his music. Um, so catch us then. Same time, same place. 105.9 The Radiator. This has been at The Rocket Shop. I have been your host, Tom Proctor. And good night. <laughs>